Welcome, everybody, to this week's B-Side of Dead Punnett Society. I'm your host, as always, Adam Proctor. Of course I am. Who else would I be? Joining me as a quick reminder from the A-Side, we had a really fascinating chat about the, the topic of interregnum. Uh, what kind of political and economic and social moment do we find ourselves in today, given that neoliberalism is dying, and yet uh, we are somehow still suffering uh, under the yoke of neoliberalism, nonetheless. It's a zombie neoliberalism, Runa. Joining us is Runa Muller-Stahl. He is a postdoc at the University of Copenhagen in the Department of Political Science. Thanks for coming back, Runa. Thank you. Now, I'd be remiss. I didn't mention this on the A-side, and I feel bad. I'm going to pay penance for this later. I'm going to flog myself. But uh, my Danish followers out there, big shout out to the Danes. Yeah, there, there are, uh, there are uh, quite a few. You have some, uh, you know, uh, yeah, very powerful uh, proselytizers. I do. I, I, I do. think I'm one of them, actually. Uh, let's, I've, uh, yeah. let's give him a shout out. Let's give a shout out to David. Shout out to David. Yeah, yeah David. To, yeah, yeah. David Brown. He's, to, to my knowledge. He's, a, he's generally a really good guy. Yeah. To my knowledge, David, I know you're listening out there. I know you're a patron, a longtime listener. Uh, to my knowledge, David has has spread the good word of DPS further than any single human, maybe including myself. Uh, as I like to mention, you know, it depends on the month. It depends on the topics that I cover uh, week to week. But Denmark is up there in the top top four or five in terms of um, numbers of listens that I get here on Dead Planet Society, which is really remarkable considering like how relatively small that country is next to its competitors. You know, I mean, typically it's obviously United States, Canada. I get a, a number of listens from the UK, but but Denmark is always like right there, you know. But the thing is also, you know, I've been one of the listeners from the very start, and you know, part of it is just because of I spent way too much time on American politics, and you know, it's sort of it's sort of a you know a light form of entertainment in some ways. <laughs> uh, but then you get sucked into it, and yeah. you know, you uh, get develop big you know big feelings, uh, mostly hate of a lot of political figures in the U.S. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is also the case that. We have imported a lot of Americanized, woke, uh, identity, politics, lingo in the last couple of years. It's not nearly as widespread in uh, in Denmark as it is in the U.S. or even in the U.K., but it's still, it's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> listening to some of the debates in an American context can help us make sense of some of the, some of the weird things coming out of uh, the, the cultural studies. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's one of our, you know, this this kind of like performative professional managerial class wokeness is, is one of the United States' most shameful exports. And that's saying yeah. something, man. You know, because come on, you know, the United States has exported you know, death and destruction and devastation across the world. But one of our most shameful exports, as far as I'm concerned, politically speaking, is this kind of performative form of like of, of faux wokeness that uh, that is purely meant as a kind of like social and political technology of of elites, you know, uh, to perform their their kind of political awakening for 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 their own career and professional and social advancement uh, <laughs> to sanitize their role in 
in the death and devastation that I just mentioned uh, globally. Uh, it's a useful, it's a useful technology. I'm glad you guys, uh, y- your people, have been able to integrate it and to. to yeah, yeah, and it's but it's still it's <laughs> very very marginal. It's very marginal in any case, but uh, but we have the same sort of backlash, you know, right wing newspapers and uh, nationalist internet trolls. Like they love to find every small, you know, because you know. We're all a part of, uh, you know, we live in uh, within a U.S. Uh, cultural hegemony. Uh, so you know, people, everyone sees what's coming from the U.S., but it's like there are very few pro- like actual proponents in a Danish context. It's not, we don't really have that sort of vote neoliberalism in the same way. Uh, uh, but nevertheless, you know, you get the sort of, it's huge backlash against like, Three just confused university students and a, a you know a couple of uh, of red lips uh, in uh, yeah. So uh, despite despite the fact it's not that prevalent, the the, the far yeah. right is still able to weaponize it against you. I mean that that's that just shows oh, like how dangerous it is. It is very very dangerous yeah, uh, yeah. in that way. Uh, and yeah, but we just have it. You know, it's it's a different cultural tradition, and it's uh, yeah, it is. You know, but it's uh, I think. It's just if we can just uh, talk a bit about it. It's very you know, uh, because Denmark has been sort of one of the front runners with uh, I think with Holland and Austria and the, of uh, the sort of the special European version of uh, populist nativism, uh, xenophobia that is only has only recently hit the U.S. In some ways, uh, the sort of things uh, that Donald Trump is saying now is uh, it's. Nothing compared to, you know, the Get Wilders or Pierre Kerskov of Denmark or, uh, you know, Jörg Haider 20 years ago in Austria. But in some ways, it's I think it's U.S. is, is, is very special because it's uh, your discourse is so sanitized. Like the, the practice of racism is very, very strong, you know, very hardcore in the U.S., much worse, I think, than any European countries. But the discourse is just... It's much more sanitized. You can't say a lot of things in the U.S. Yeah. Whereas in yeah. Europe, the practice is often a lot less brutal, but the discourse is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they say the they say the quiet part loud in Europe. They say the quiet. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and yet, so, in terms yeah. of the actual practice, like they're still very much influenced by their you know uh, fairly tolerant kind of uh, social democratic institutional configuration. Like, funny how that works, yeah, yeah. isn't it? When when you have a welfare state, it's, yeah. you know you can't be yeah. you know. Even even if you try, and and Danish politicians really try very, very hard. We have a lot of discriminatory legislation, but still, like, when you have a welfare state, you know, you can't just let people starve in the streets. uh, That's right. That's uh, right. Even even if you try very hard. I mean, you can try to stoke racist and xenophobic, you know, hatred for your political project, but when people aren't as precarious on the labor market or in society, it's much harder to get people to act on that basis. It's much harder to organize and catalyze people on that basis. And you've seen various projects that look quite terrifying uh, and they were terrifying and on the face of it, but you've seen them kind of run aground and fall flat in, in this interregnum, in this neo post neoliberal interregnum that we talked about on the A side, uh, because they, you know, they, they're just not able to muster enough of a social, political and economic base in order to be successful. And that really is thanks to the vestiges of social democracy across Europe. That's something we don't have in the United States, which is why, you know, Bannonism, as we wrapped up the A-side talking about, 
Bannonism, this kind of uh, uh, right wing economic nationalism with a with a real structural critique. Now it's it's a it's a it's a it's a false critique. It's a it's a one that I think is incorrect. It's pure ideology, but it's a real structural critique that that people might identify with. Bannonism would be horrifyingly uh, successful in the United States if a if a meaningful block of capital were to back it in any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think it's because that you know even. The sort of uh, you have you have Robert Mercer perhaps and uh, and a few others, but even the sort of the crazy wild oligarchs like Koch and uh, and the others, you know, they then they're not ready for that yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're, too, uh, yeah. they're too wedded to a, a f- certain form of neoliberal internationalism, I think, which is which is in a very weird way. It's like the only thing that can save us. Pardon me. It's the only thing that can save us in the Trump regime is this kind of neoliberal sort of rapacious internationalism that that uh, as gross and destructive and murderous as it is, it still balks at the the protectionism and the nationalism that, say, a Steve Bannon is trying to. Yeah, to, that, to that could make it really, uh, you know, popular. Uh, you know, yeah. as, as an anti-elite time. discourse, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, but but you also need a you know a discourse is only functional if there's a, you know certain you know material um, substance in it. So like you also need uh, the problem with Trump is that it's you know there's very little there. He's giving people nothing. Uh, if you could actually just give them a few crumbs, uh, as I think like Steve Bannon would like to you know because you know there, there are no jobs coming back, and as long as there are you know as long as people get nothing i don't think he's you know <laughs> i feel today but i don't think it's that dangerous yeah yeah he doesn't the, want to change anything the moment trump is, no no the moment trump started or if we get a trump that can actually offer people something give them something then you know that would be very very dangerous yeah yeah we're in trouble there so in a roundabout sort of way talking about your your danish brethren your comrades and uh economic nationalism and how it differs in in europe versus a potential horror show if it took on in the united states that's actually a really nice entree into our discussion today for the B-side. We're going to be talking about the alleged intractability of neoliberal discourse. Uh, are we all now incurably neoliberal subjects? This concludes your free teaser of this week's B-side. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.